Dante is a really smart guy. Ladies love Dante. Welcome to the Dante Greco Show. We're live here in Los Angeles. We're surviving the Pineapple Express storm. It's calmed down a little bit. Shocking, chilling developments released details i should say released today in the case of the uh, idaho quadruple homicide perpetrated allegedly by brian koberger i think at this point we can stop saying allegedly i've been saying allegedly to play it safe and even been like hey brian you know if it turns out it wasn't you i'll apologize but you know what after what i've seen today with their 99.99999 percent accuracy of their dna match i think we can stop saying allegedly. We can move this into OJ territory where it's like, look, you did it. Okay. Although with OJ, maybe I'll still say allegedly. You never know. He might be hurting for cash. Anyways, let's get into it. Let's recap what has been released so far today. Incredible stuff. Actually, like horrible stuff, to be quite honest. Um, if anyone hasn't, if you have already read this, I apologize. But if you haven't, let me just go over it. So this is what really what was released from the probable cause affidavit. The surviving roommate, Dylan Mortensen, saw him. I mean, I'm going to get into the whole Dylan Mortensen thing in a second. Um, but she heard cry. She So basically, all right, fuck it. Let's just get into it. She saw him. She opened her door three times during this, which was a shock because we all thought that the roommates were asleep. So she opened her door. And when he was leaving, she saw him with a mask covering his nose and his mouth, was able to identify his bushy eyebrows. And she stood there in shock and then went back to bed. Now, we don't know. For what reason, she didn't call the police until like nine hours later. I think it was 11 a.m. or noon the next day when the police were called and the murders happened uh, just after 4 a.m. But I don't want to assign blame. You know, there's any number of reasons she could have been in shock. She may not have known what was going on. She could have been inebriated, which is perfectly fine. If you're a cop, it's like everyone was out partying that night. You know, that's to be expected. She may, some people have theorized, have left her phone outside of her room and was too scared to go get it. She may have just been scared. She may have been, so who knows? But for whatever reason, cops were not called. But she was awake and she witnessed the guy. And even sadder, she heard somebody say, she thought it might have been Kaylee, but it could have been Zana, saying that um, someone's here. And then... Another time when she opened the door, she heard crying and heard a male voice say, uh, it's okay, let me help you, or I'm here to help you. So this kind of, and this is what I'm talking about, it was much more upsetting than initially believed because this basically shatters the, the I don't want to say the myth, but like what we were initially told that they were all asleep and that this probably happened quickly, like, Uh, clearly at least some of them were not asleep. It's very possible 
I, I would say it's very likely that Zana Kernodal was not asleep. She got a DoorDash delivery at like 4 a.m. And when they did a forensic analysis of her phone, they found that she was on TikTok around, I think, 4.13 a.m. Uh, so and the, and the murderer was gone by about 4.20. So there's no way she was asleep. And Kaylee, there were cries that were heard from upstairs. Dylan Mortensen, the surviving roommate, thought that Kaylee may have been playing with her dog because the dog was barking. And she may have, Kaylee may have even said, there is uh, someone here. And an outside surveillance camera picked up what sounded like a whimper and a thud. So this whole idea that they were asleep in their beds and it was just all over real quick, I think we can dispel that notion, which is makes this even worse, even worse than initially believed. Um, and so the guy, he's a sick fuck and he's a dumb fuck. He left his sheath, the sheath for his knife under one of the victims. Luckily, thank God he's so stupid and careless. And they were able to match DNA from the sheath, like the little buckle on the sheath. They were able to match that to his DNA when they were, they tracked him to uh, Pennsylvania. And then they went and got the trash, which is like how they caught the Golden State Killer. They figured they had a hunch and then they uh, took some of his trash. They matched the DNA and that that gave him the uh, the match that they needed to move in on him. So let's let me uh, keep reading some of these revelations. It's really and he was in court today. I'm going to show you some of that in a second. He visited the house at least 12 times before the murder. Yeah. OK, so let, let's just get into the article on the, here on the Daily Mail. Koberger's DNA found on knife sheath that was 99.9% matched to trash at his family home. That's the most damning piece of evidence that they have. He left a tan leather USMC and K-Bar insignia stitched sheath at the crime scene. Insane. The DNA sample was sent to the lab, et cetera, et cetera. This is the scariest thing. I mean, you got to feel for Dylan Mortensen. This whole time, she's known this is what happened, and people have been speculating. There's been rampant speculation. People thinking that she's an accomplice. It's just crazy. The fan fiction that has been written about this case, which I always admit I read. I read it all. I ate it up because I wanted to know what happened. And actually, some people in the early days after this happened on Reddit who were claiming to be uh, Moscow, Idaho locos, locals um, said that she had found uh, that she had seen the, the rumor was that Dylan had seen the guy. So I guess some of those rumors turned out to be true. That's why you, you always had to read this stuff just to see there were little, little uh, crumbs of truth. She was awake at the time of the killings around 4.20 a.m. And she saw a man in a black mask in the house. She told police she'd been at home and awoke to the sound of Kaylee Gonsalves playing with her dog upstairs on the third floor of the house. She then heard cries and what she thought was Gonsalves saying, there's someone here. Now, she thought it was Kaylee, but it could have also been Zana. 
Next, Mortensen said she heard a male voice saying, it's okay, I'm going to help you. Or from what we know about Brian uh, Koberger's voice, it was more like, it's okay, I'm going to help you. Fucking guy. She opened her bedroom door and saw a man in a black ski mask that covered his nose and mouth walking towards her. Frozen, she told police she watched him leave through a sliding door. Then she locked herself in her bedroom. It's unclear why she didn't call cops immediately. Police did not attend the scene until the following afternoon. I hope it comes out why, because people are letting, you know, some people are mad at her. Some people are, you know, you can't. What are you supposed to do in that situation? You know, I mean, I guess ideally you call the cops, but uh, we don't know why she didn't yet. So it would be irresponsible to just be like, it's her fault. If only she'd called the cops and maybe this could have been her. We don't know. Maybe she didn't have, like some people said, maybe she didn't have access to her phone. Maybe her charger was out in the living room. Who knows? Shoe print found in the mud outside the sliding door used by Koberger. Yeah, they said that he used van. Here's what I figured out from reading the affidavit. Brian Koberger was an AT&T subscriber. He may have been wearing vans and uh, he's a Scorpio. Birthday is 11-21-94. So for my astrologers out there, let us know what that means, that he was a Scorpio. Um, and, of course, he drives an Elantra. So sucks for those brands. Shoe print was found in the mud outside the murder's house, uh, just outside the sliding door that Mortensen said was used by the killer to escape. Yeah, that's the great, like, the, the sliding door. I want to know how he got in the sliding door. Did they just leave it unlocked? I've read so many like accounts of uh, interviews with serial killers and, and whatnot or, or profilers who say, make sure if you're going to do anything for your safety, lock your doors. There are some killers who say that the only reason they selected a particular victim was because the door was unlocked. They would just go, they would go door to door. And if they found an unlocked door, they would go in, keep the doors locked again. They came home from a party. You don't expect this is going to happen. You never expect this is going to happen. So I get it. But Surveillance cameras from nearby houses picked up cries and dog barking. Uh, at 4.17 a.m., a surveillance camera from a nearby house heard picked up faint sounds of cries and a dog, bark, dog barking. So first of all, this changes the timeline because we were always told that the killings happened between 3 and 4 a.m., and uh 4 17 a.m of course you know brilliant uh sleight of hand by the law enforcement of course the law enforcement officers work in this case you know they put out some misinformation it sounds like or some some inaccurate information they kept a lot of these details close to the vest they've been tracking they've had Koberger as a suspect for about a little over uh, a month before they caught him uh because from here, yeah, let's talk about the white Elantra here. I don't know if they're going to mention it in this article, but on November 29th, police obtained surveillance footage from the parking lot of Koberger's apartment building, some 10 miles from the murder scene in Pullman, Washington State. Moscow police officers visited the parking lot to obtain a license plate for the vehicle. They ran a search and found multiple incidents in which the car and its owner, Brian Koberger, had been pulled over multiple times in the past. With his name, police honed in on him and reviewed historic surveillance footage 
along with phone records going back several months. Yeah. So a police officer, this is from the affidavit, he pulled the information on white Elantras that were registered at WSU, like a campus police officer. And that's where they first started to hone in on Koberger. And they, they found a previous traffic stop where he had given his phone number to the officer that had pulled him over. And by the way, speaking of traffic stops, I saw Anjanette Levy from Law and Crime Network, which I may as well work for the Law and Crime Network at this point with how much I'm, I'm starting to cover this stuff. But uh, she tweeted out that the FBI has denied directing law enforcement to pull over Brian Koberger twice in Indiana. That was a story that came out today. So do with that what you will. Anyways, they found him by his car. He stalked the victim's house, visiting 12 times before the murders. From a study of his phone records and surveillance footage, uh, he visited 12 times at least before November 13th, the night of the killings. Insane. Yeah, we don't know why she took so long. So he'd been stalking them. He knew who they were. We don't know his motive yet. We don't know for sure that he knew the victims. Gonzalez's family has said they found connections between he and Kaylee, but we don't know what those are yet. I'm assuming those will come out if this goes to trial. So let's keep going. This was, you know, just another weird little wrinkle in the story his sister actually starred in a horror movie about students uh this is from tmz's headline students hacked to death the sister uh you know looks just like him except as a woman which i get it i understand that's called being related but it is still jarring because he's our point of reference for this whole thing so to see someone that looks like him just with long hair and makeup on is, is uh, kind of weird uh feel for the sister of course it's terrible yeah so she starred in a movie about this i mean the coincidences the weird coincidences in this story just keep adding or not keep adding up keep popping up He would drive by late at night and early in the morning. You got to wonder how many times did he drive by? Hey there. Uh, how many times did he drive by and think about doing this? Like, How many nights was he out there and thinking, is tonight the night? Am I going to go in there tonight? By the way, we finally heard him speak, which unfortunately it's not enough in my mind to conclusively say that he is either the guy on the TikTok or the guy who called into the podcast. His friend who grew up with him, who said he was on heroin, uh, who's on, who's also on TikTok, I forget her name. She claims that he's the guy who called into the podcast. And when I listen to his voice here in court today, I also lean towards that. But let's let's hear the guy. Is it showing up? Okay, great. 
Chloe knew you were using the current pod app. Four zero zero two, four zero zero three, and four zero zero four. Again, the maximum penalty for that offense, if you plead guilty or are found guilty, is up to death and/or imprisonment for life. Do you understand? Yes. Count five alleges that you committed the felony offense of murder in the first degree. It alleges that the defendant, Brian C. Koberger, on or about November 13th of 2022, in Latah County, state of Idaho, did willfully, unlawfully, deliberately, with premeditation and with malice aforethought, kill and murder Ethan Chapin, a human being, by stabbing Ethan Chapin, from which he died. In violation of Idaho codes, again, the max on guilty, is up to you understand. Would you like to represent and Mr. Koberger? Hello. Do you understand? Yes. And Mr. Koberger, would you like to represent yourself, hire a lawyer, or see if you qualify for court appointed counsel? I have court appointed counsel. Okay, so that's his voice. I have court appointed counsel. Let's listen to it one more time, then I'm gonna pull up the podcast. Court appointed counsel. Court appointed counsel. So here's the alleged pod, the podcast that he allegedly called into. And I've worked with uh, probably. Oh, come on. That's him. That's him. Now, I see somebody uh, commented on one of my other videos saying he was a serial killer. Like he wouldn't want to or he was an aspiring serial killer. We don't know that for sure yet. He wouldn't want to reveal himself. But I don't know. I think he was trying to cover up his tracks. He saw how much news this thing was getting. I mean, did he ever anticipate how big a story this would become? Um, you know, frankly, there are murders every day. And, you know, only some of them get picked up and, and go national like this. But that is got to be the same guy. At least 10 Sigma Chi members and... You know, the one thing that every single one of them, I, I, I feel like has asked me is, if you were going to kill somebody, how would you get away with it? Wow. Wow. Let's go back one more time and listen to, listen to him in court. Just keep that sound in your, in your head. I won't even talk. I have court-appointed counsel. Hmm? Hmm? That's right, boy. Doing a show over here. Mocha, please. Doing a show. Mocha. I live in a college town, and I've worked with uh, probably at least 10 Sigma Chi members and you know the one thing that every single one of them I, I i feel like has asked me is if you were going to kill somebody how would you get away with it most ridiculous thing yeah that's what the one thing that these college students are concerned with if you were going to kill somebody how would you get away with it what are you talking about I mean, I know he's not going to be like, I'm in a criminology class because that would give up too much 
information. Maybe, maybe I could believe I'm in a criminology program. And the one thing we ask is if you're going to kill me, how are you going to win with it? The Sigma Chi members are sitting around talking about that. Come on, Brian. It sounds just like him. I think that was him. And now the question is, did he see that like the 4chan and the Reddit people were trying to, you know, through whether they were theorizing? And by the way, there are some creative, weird people out there who had detailed like para several paragraph long explanations of what happened and uh, posing as insiders. It's crazy. But did he see this stuff and then think, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, it was the frat members who did it. Or was he the inventor of this? You know, was he one of the posters? Because there were there were there were people like from the beginning trying to say, "Hey, look at the frat." Like, was that all part of his his plot? I'm going to pin it on the frat. I'm going to go on Reddit. We know he's on Reddit already. We know he knows about you know social media and, and Reddit and all that. Did he invent this, or did he just latch onto it and think that's a good explanation? Okay, let's keep it moving. Again, the, the details are horrific. To find out that they were awake, they weren't asleep. At least some of them weren't asleep. I mean, you don't get a DoorDash order at 4 a.m. and you're on TikTok at 4.13 a.m. and then by like 4.20 a.m. when the murders happen, you're not asleep. It's just awful. Uh, oh, yeah. So this the Indiana cops deliberately pulled them over again. Law and crime network saying that's not true. According to the FBI. Now, this is always fun. Remember a couple of days ago when the uh, there was a woman who was interviewed outside the jail claiming that Brian was saying, don't come in here. I'll cut you. And then he was rapping violent, bad bunny lyrics and exposing himself. So now, supposedly, a Pennsylvania prisoner threatened to kill Brian when he was locked up. And the killer joked, the shopping is better in Idaho when asked why he was there despite living over the border in Washington. Okay, let's let's entertain this for a minute. He was kept in the Monroe County Correctional Facility for five days before being extradited to Ohio. I mean, look, he was in there. Somebody interacted with him while he was in there. Sources told News Nation he was asked why he was eight miles away from his apartment. He said the shopping is better in Idaho. Another inmate reportedly threatened his life after becoming aware that he had been arrested in connection with the high-profile case. The unnamed inmate allegedly swore at Koberger and said, Fuck you, I'm going to kill you. With sources saying that... Um, with sources... What the hell? I lost my place. Saying Koberger was creepy and got to shower every day. Is that creepy? Uh, I do that. I shower every day. Uh, however, he was forced to wear a suicide smock in his cell. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, you know, look, an inmate threatening to kill another inmate, that's not that big of a deal. Hey, listen, people need articles to write, you know, whatever. 
bushy eyebrows. Yeah, it, it's just there he is smiling in court. Apparently, the victims' families were in there, so they got to face him. Uh, which you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad to uh, glad to hear that they're getting. Well, it's, you can't call it closure just yet because we still got to see what ends up happening with Brian. But just to know that, pretty sure we got the guy is nice. Okay, someone is asking to play the TikTok video, so let me see if I can find that. Oh yeah, did you see this? He wanted to have an internship. He he was applied for an internship at the local police and wrote an essay saying how he wanted to help rural cops with how better to collect and analyze crime data. Fuck, you know, you you almost wish they just granted the internship. I don't know what happened with that. Let's see. Just a month before the murders, but I think he was already stalking them. According to the phone data and the car data, I think he was already stalking them at that point. So it sounds like he was just going to do this no matter what. The guy was just twisted. Let me see if I can find that TikTok. One minute here. One minute. Let me know what you guys think. Join the chat. If anyone wants to join the stream, I'll send you a link. You know, you can just... uh... I'll put a link in the in the chat. You can you can join in. Let's get crazy. What do you guys think? Talk to me. Okay. All right, let me uh let me get this pulled up here. Okay, everybody ready? Let's listen in and see if we can um Someone says, I think I'm most shocked with the information about Dylan and her coming in contact with him. Me too. I mean, she opened the door three times and heard crying and heard a male voice. And then, but like to see him, like you got to think that you're in a dream or like a nightmare, you know, that doesn't happen in most people's lives. You open the door and you see somebody you don't recognize dressed all in black, walking out after you've been hearing these weird noises all night. You got to be thinking, what the fuck is going on in my house? All right. So we've heard Brian in court. Now let's listen back. We li- we're pretty sure that's him on the podcast. Let's listen now to the TikTok. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, by the way, uh, TikTok users found a video, which the friend who said that he was on heroin and said that he called the podcast. She doesn't think that the TikTok is him, but we'll look at it anyway. But the TikTok is a guy claiming to have inside information about the investigation. And this was like a week and a half ago that it came out, this TikTok. So let's listen and see if we think it's Brian. Hey there, to those of you interested in hearing this report, um, 
I just want to let you know that I'm a relative of someone inside the investigation into um, the quadruple homicide in Idaho. Um, I don't I don't want to be any more specific than that because I don't want to I don't want to put anybody in a challenging or contentious situation regarding their continued employment. Um, and I will say what I'm about to tell you is secondhand, but it is from what I believe to be a very reliable source. Again, this can only be considered a rumor as I don't have firsthand knowledge. I never planned on posting any of this information out of respect for the victim's families. However, now that one of the victim's fathers has released some of the gruesome details himself, I'd like to share some of the um, investigative theory. Um, as you know, the two women were found in the same bed, but um, with similar wounds, that's what's being reported. Um, that's not exactly 100% true, um, at least in, in, in regard to the fact that they weren't um, they hadn't fallen asleep in the same bed. Um, one of the victim's wounds were deep gouges that were delivered with extremely aggressive force, so much so that the victim's liver and lungs were destroyed. Jesus Christ. Okay, that's enough of uh, the TikTok, but so we know what that sounds like. Oh my God. This is what happens when you're trying to do it live. We're doing it live. Fuck it. All right, let me see here. I'm trying to do some quick uh, like editing so I can just get this video without having to go through the ads every single time I'm trying to play. If I have to see that... Uh, well, never mind. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage anybody. But this is one ad that I keep seeing, which is fine. But you know, chill. All right. Burger appears in court. Here we go. We knew you were using. We can't hide that. For there it is. Basketball champion and reality superstar. If Chloe. All right. So. Die. In violation of Idaho, Ethan Chapin, a human being, oh, by stabbing man. Ethan Chapin, right. from which he died. In violation of Idaho codes 18-4001-40. Okay, so here's Brian. Self, hire a lawyer, or see if you qualify for court-appointed counsel. I have court-appointed counsel. At this point in time, pursuant to Idaho... I have court-appointed counsel. And this is the TikTok. Sounds very close. Sounds very close. Sounds a little bit deeper. But then again, you know, the guy sounded like he was trying to have his voice. You know, he was filming the screen. And, um, oh, shit, you didn't even hear that. No, oh, there's my intro again. Come on, Betty. Yeah. In Idaho. Um, I don't I don't want to be any more specific That's than that. Right here. Reviewing. I think they can see the guy, by the way. Police, because they said there's um, the two victims were on the same bed, not 
side by side. One victim was found on top of the other. The reason is that the, the further I get into the TikTok, the less I think it's the TikTok. I think it's possible that this is someone who did have inside information, but the less I think it's Brian. Um, it's just something a little. It's like it's in the TikTok that I haven't heard so much from uh, Brian uh, in court or anything where you would think the guy would be nervous. If he's going to be nervous, uh, it would be in court. So he doesn't have that kind of voice like the TikTok guy does. Uh, someone says, I think they sound different. I think the one calling into the podcast was Brian. I agree. I tend to agree. That was Brian. That was Brian. It's not the same in my opinion. Someone else says, uh, you're talking about the TikTok, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think the TikTok was either just like, a real person or one of those people trying to jump in here. Um, oh shoot, my light went out. Oh no, now you can see what I really look like. What happened here? Okay, there we go. That's just crazy. So he's been denied bail, of course. And how did the user know that the girls were found on top of each other? Yeah, I mean, that, but that's why I'm saying, like, maybe someone who was uh, familiar with the investigation was leaking some details. The, the TikTok person says it was a family member who, who's close to the investigation. So that is a possibility that we must consider. Yeah, that's Internet Levy. Um, so that's kind of where we're at with this. We've been waiting to find out all of this info. And uh, <laughs> it's more shocking and crazier than we thought. Basically, that's what I think. The the sheath, they had the sheath the whole time. I'm curious if they're going to release the 911 call now. You know? Like, let's hear about that. Unless they think that maybe it, it will reflect poorly on Dylan because they're leaving out a lot of details. They, they clearly don't address why Dylan didn't call 911. And I don't know, maybe they're trying to protect her or something because it's hard to explain. But... Uh, this is a good one. Let me put this up here, if you don't mind. Got to remember that. Well, you know, look, this is what we know so far. As this continues to develop, uh, I'll do more shows. I usually do a show about news and entertainment and comedy and stuff. But, you know, this everyone's wrapped up in this case. We all want to see this guy go down. So uh, I guess thanks, everyone, for tuning in. 
no need to drag this out if I don't have anything more to say. And uh, please remember to like, subscribe, share if you if you enjoyed it. Come back, and I will see you all on the next show. Have a good life. We will see you soon. Much love. Thank you. Love. All right, Daniel. So once again, thank you to my brother. Tell me your name again. Dante Greco. Two words. Made in America. <laughs> Dante, you're doing great. That's good. Why is that f- done in Listen, I want you to leave my good friend Ringo alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my pal, Hal. Turn your horse in a parade. Have a good day.